friends. Welcome to the Skyline Church Podcast. I'm Jonathan Middlebrooks, one of the pastors here at Skyline Church. Skyline is a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. We're committed to seeing revival in our city sparked through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. These sermons are specific to that purpose and in the context of our unique community. We hope that it might bless you in some way. Enjoy. while, several months, well, a couple months now, we have been pressing into this idea that God comes where he's wanted and recognizing that he gladly shows up where he's invited. And so we're trying to be really intentional about displaying our want of him. We have shifted a few things so that we can press more into prayer and into worship. And in this season of Lent, we're pressing in with fasting, fasting of food. We're doing a digital fast, which um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. But um, And we're doing a 24-7 prayer for the next 40 days. So we are really trying to aim our hearts at saying, God, we want you. We want you here in our church. We want you in our homes. We want you in our families, our workplaces, our schools. We want you across this city. And last week, um, as we've been pressing into this, the Lord's just been stirring things up. And last week was this beautiful picture of the heart of God for the prodigal. And we just saw people pour into these aisles to stand in line to write names on these easels. And we've got well over 800 names that we're praying for in this season. Um, and we're gonna leave these easels up. So if you have somebody's name that pops into your mind, you can just come up at the end today or um, anytime and write someone's first name and their last initial, and we'll add it to our list. And then if you've signed up for the 24-7 prayer, then you'll get an email with that list that you can pray through. Um, We want to lift these names before God. And so as our hearts are so tender for the prodigal, um, it felt appropriate today to look at the story of the lost son. I wasn't expecting to already be crying right now. Um, So, we're going to be in Luke 15 this morning. And at the very beginning, it, it just says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers of the religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So in response to this grumbling from the religious people, Jesus told a series of stories. And um, the first one was about a shepherd who lost a sheep. 
The second one was about a woman who lost a valuable coin. And the third was about a father who lost a son. So we're going to look at that third one today. And I actually, I'm going to read a paraphrased version of this over you. And I would just love if you would close your eyes and let the story wash over you afresh this morning. Picture yourself in the story. So Jesus, we just pray that you would be glorified this morning. Holy Spirit, would you come and be our teacher? You are the one who guides us into all truth. So I pray that you would settle over this room right now. Show us what you want to show us. Highlight the words that you want to take root in our heart. Come and encounter us today. Once there was a father with two sons. The younger son came to his father and said, Father, don't you think it's time to give me my share of your estate? So the father went ahead and distributed the inheritance between his two sons. Shortly afterward, the younger son packed up all his belongings and he traveled off to see the world. He journeyed to a far-off land where he soon wasted all that he had been given in a binge of extravagant and reckless living. When he'd spent everything and had nothing left, he grew hungry. So he begged a farmer to hire him. The farmer hired him and sent him out to feed pigs. The son was starving. He was so famished, he was willing to even eat the slop given to the pigs because no one would feed him anything. Humiliated, the son finally realized what he was doing and he thought, there are many workers at my father's house who have all the food they want and plenty to spare. They lack nothing. Why am I here dying of hunger, feeding pigs and eating their slop? I want to go back home to my father's house and I'll say to him, Father, I was wrong. I have sinned against you and I'll never again be worthy to be called your son. Please, Father, just treat me like one of your hired men. So the young son set off for home and from a long distance away, His father saw him coming. The son was dressed as a beggar, and great compassion swelled in the father's heart for his son who was returning home. The father ran as fast as he could out to meet him. He swept him in his arms and he hugged him and he kissed him over and over with tender love. And the son began his prepared speech. He said, Father, I was wrong. I've sinned against you. I could never deserve to be called your son. Please just let me. The father interrupted and said, No, son, you're home now. 
Turning to his servants, the father said, Quick, bring me the best robe. Bring my very own robe, and I will place it on his shoulders. Bring the family ring. It's the seal of sonship, and I'm going to put it on his finger. Bring out the best shoes you can find for him. Let's prepare a great feast and celebrate, for my beloved son was once dead, and now he's alive. He was lost, but now he's found. And everyone celebrated with overflowing joy. Now the older son was out working in the field when his brother returned, and as he approached the house, he heard the music of celebration and dancing. So he called one of the workers over and he said, what's going on? And the servant replied, it's your younger brother. He's returned home and your father is throwing a party to celebrate his homecoming. The older son became angry and refused to go in and celebrate. So his father came out and he pleaded with him, come, enjoy the feast with us. The older son said, listen, how many years have I worked like a slave for you? performing every duty you've asked as a faithful son. I've never once disobeyed you, but you've never thrown me a party for my faithfulness. Never once have you given me a goat that I could feast on and celebrate with my friends of this, as this son of yours is doing now. Look at him. He comes back here after wasting your wealth on prostitutes and reckless living. And here you are throwing a feast for him. The father said, Oh, my son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. It's only right to rejoice and celebrate like this because your brother was once dead and gone and now he is alive and he's back home. He was lost and now he's found. I think at times we can all find ourselves in each part of this story. I have definitely been in the place of the younger son where I ran off and lived recklessly and didn't want to be told what to do by anyone and squandered everything I had and had nowhere to turn. Most often, I'm like the older brother who's living like one of God's employees working really hard and trying to do everything right, but then getting angry when he pours out grace on the people who haven't worked as hard as me or tried to clean their act up as good as I have. And it's interesting that both of these brothers really are suffering from a case of forgotten identity. The younger one sought his value and his worth out in the world. He was searching all over, trying to find something that would satisfy, 
something that would tell him who he is, what he's worth. And of course, he didn't find it there. The older brother found his identity in hard work and good behavior. And he forgot that he had right in front of him at his fingertips at all time access to everything that his father had. I've definitely been in that place a lot. The beautiful thing is that we all, whether we find ourselves as the younger brother or the older brother, we all have access to the same father. He has the very same thing that he wants to give all of us, and that is everything that he has. Our inheritance is everything that belongs to him. He gladly gives it to us. So if you're in this room this morning, you find yourself in one of those categories, that is the best news because he sees you and he is running full speed ahead to get to you. But this morning, I think there's a third way that we can see ourselves in this story. And that's actually in the role of the father. Obviously, this story is a depiction of God the Father and his reckless love and his grace for for us and for the lost. But we get to reflect him. We get to let his heart flow through us to the ones who have wandered off and to the older brothers who are working really hard. And and honestly, it feels like with the way the Lord's been stirring in this body in the last few weeks, that that is the place that he really wants to press on our hearts. He's calling us into a place of reflecting the Father of receiving his love fully and completely and then reflecting it to those that we encounter. And I think that all of these names that we have collected in the last week, the fact that someone was moved to write that name on that piece of paper is evidence that God is already moving. He's already working his plan to draw that one home. He put their name on your mind for you to write with your pen because he's doing something. And he always finishes what he starts. So my personal story... of finding myself as the father or the mother of a lost son started six or seven years ago. And my oldest son, Gage, was struggling with a lot of different things. And I won't tell you all the details because that's his story to tell. 
but he had moved away. He had moved to Denver. And I think he would tell you that he was searching for something to satisfy. Something was missing inside of him. He felt empty. And there was an actual battle over his life. We got multiple phone calls from him in the hospital in Denver and we would go on little rescue missions to try to make things right. And we could get him set straight and doing okay for a little bit. But then every time something else would take him down. And if you knew me back then, and many of you did, and many of you prayed with us, you know that I wore the heaviness of that thing on me like a coat. You would know something was heavy and wrong in my life if you just had a conversation with me. I didn't know how not to wear it. It was so consuming of me. All I thought about was bringing my kid home, making him okay, making him alive and safe. And I had no power to do any of it. So my family did exactly what we're doing as a family right now in this season. And we fasted and we rallied all of our troops and we prayed around the clock and we worshiped the only one who could do anything about that. And it was a slow process, but I want you to know that now we're seven years later, six years later, and Gage is home. He is flourishing. He is alive. No one, no one else could do that besides the Father who runs after us recklessly. And I just have this sense that there are some of us in this room who didn't even go write a name down last week because you have totally given up on it. But I feel the Lord saying to you, I'm moving. I'm breathing on this. The winds are changing. And I am bringing them home. You want revival? It's coming with waves of prodigals running home. They might look like beggars, but the father has a robe and a ring and shoes for their feet and food for their bellies and he can give them what none of us can. So this morning, as we're shifting more toward prayer, we just have this thing that's like, we gotta pray it. We're gonna keep praying our revival prayers our prayers of desperation and longing, asking God to show up, to come into these places, to go after these hearts.
And I want you to know that you have all the access and authority of a son and a daughter to call home the ones who have wandered off. He's given you his voice. He's already put his ring on your finger. You're his, and you can do business in his name. So that's what we're gonna do for just a little bit this morning. We're just gonna ask him to come. So I've got a couple of people who are gonna join us to pray. And these prayers, we've just asked people to pour their heart out and ask the Lord to show up in their context. So I'm gonna go ahead and ask you to stand. And just like the weeks before, this is a time for you to enter in not a time to be nice and quiet. We want you to agree when someone prays something that zings your heart or that you agree with, say it out loud. Respond. If you want to get on your face, do it. If you want to pace, do it. However the Lord is moving you this morning, respond to him. But we're just going to spend some time praying asking for these names to come home, asking for God to show up in our families, asking for him to make himself known in our schools, in our marriages, with our friendships, because he alone can do it. And he is the reckless God who will stop at nothing to finish the work he's completed. So we're just going to go into prayer for a few minutes, and then we'll respond and worship. So let's pray. Jesus, we welcome you. Thank you for what you're doing. And we invite you, Spirit of God, holy breath of the Creator, the Living One, to breathe on every dead heart. We say, come awake in the name of Jesus. Come alive. It doesn't matter how dirty the pit is that they're in. You will go. Father, thank you. It doesn't matter if they keep making the wrong decisions over and over and over. You will go. We're asking you to come, Lord Jesus. We're desperate. God, first of all, you are so good. You're so faithful. You're so worthy. You're worthy of all of our devotion, all of our praise, all of our attention, all of our lives. You are so worthy. Father, we lift you up. We praise you. We adore you. We honor you. We invite you 
and your spirit to move in this place, in our hearts. We believe that you will move. We know, Jesus, that you are the answer to all of the brokenness in this world. You are the answer to all of our questions, all of our pain, our disappointments, our struggles, our sin. Jesus, you are the answer. Have mercy on us, God, for doing things our own way, for thinking that we can figure it out on our own, for thinking that we have all the answers. Have mercy on us, Lord, for putting ourselves, our careers, our hobbies, all of our stuff in the center of our lives and setting you aside. Have mercy on us for putting our identity in anything other than you. Restore us. Restore in us our true identity in you, Jesus. We repent that we have drifted away from you. This nation has drifted away from you. Our families have drifted away from you. Restore us, Jesus. We need you because you are the answer. Father, I pray for our families in this room, around the city, in this world. I, I pray that you would come, Lord Jesus, in our families. We need you in our families. Our families are broken. God, would your spirit hover over our households? Would you invade the hearts of parents and children? Pour out your grace and your love, your peace, your joy in our homes, Lord. I pray for our marriages in this room right now. Would you capture the hearts of husbands and wives? Jesus, would you begin to change hearts even right now? Would you reconcile marriages that have drifted? Build relationships back that have dwindled to just being roommates? God, would you remind us that you created marriage so that we could look more like you. Help us, Jesus, to give ourselves to our spouses like you did for us. God, wake up our marriages. Father, fill these marriages with your steadfast love. Restore these marriages with fresh joy and a deep friendship. Pour out your spirit on them. Yeah, just pour out your spirit, Lord. Our families, they, we need your presence, Lord, in our families. Our children, they need your presence, Lord. Jesus, I pray that our children would see you through their parents. I pray that they would desire you, Jesus, because they've seen it at home. I pray that they would know who you are and that they would know that you are greater than anything else in this world. God, would our kids be so unsatisfied with any life apart from you? 
Lord, I pray that the parents in this room and across this city would seek your presence, that they would seek a fresh encounter with you, and that those encounters would, would flow from family to family and have this ripple effect, and it would begin to change friend groups and change churches in this city, change neighborhoods, change schools. Jesus, we want a fresh encounter with you. Jesus, we come with repentant hearts, with surrendered hearts. And you said you would pour out your spirit, so we ask you to do that. Bring restoration. Bring reconciliation. Bring revival to our families. Pour it out, Lord. In our marriages, and our children, pour it out, Jesus. We're hungry for you. We're desperate for you. You are the answer, Jesus. So when we invite you, Lord, to come, come, Holy Spirit, help us see your beauty, to see your glory in our families, in our marriages. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for all that you've done, and thank you for what you're going to do. You are worthy. You are the king. It's all about you. You have the answers. We're desperate for you, Lord. Would you come, Holy Spirit? Jesus, our world is desperate for a savior, and our schools are desperate for healing. Our hearts are desperate for you. Lord, make us whole again. We reach out our hands today and ask for forgiveness for wanting control our own lives and trying to change the directions of our paths. Jesus, I am sorry for not believing fully that you have always been enough. We recognize today that without you in our lives, we are nothing, God. Take over our hearts and minds. We are here for you. Jesus, the enemy has tried to steal and destroy our joy and happiness and has tried to lessen our faith more than ever in this broken world we live in. But you will reign above it all. You have come today and forever to put back the pieces that have once been broken. Jesus, revival comes from you and you alone. It comes from those who turn away from wicked ways. Jesus, it begins with repentance. So we are here at your feet, Jesus, desperate for you, and acknowledge that we need all of you. Jesus, come and be evident in the halls of our schools and our daily conversations, at lunch meetings on Wednesday nights and Monday mornings, so that revival may fall on us and radically transform. Jesus, we want to see you and feel your holy presence every day of our lives. I also want to pray over all the children and teens in this room. God, help us be a generation that seeks after you. Jesus, you defend the ones at your feet. So let us become servants of your word who know your voice. Give us visions and send us new spirit that desires to know your voice. Help us become the generation that chooses you before anything else. And that we would want to run to you because we know that your love and comfort is worth so much more than what the world has to offer. 
let us know the difference between the attacks of Satan versus the sweet and loving words of Jesus. Let us have a childlike faith and return to what, what we know, that you are good, your voice is sweet. Jesus set our hearts ablaze, we want to see your kingdom here. city as it is in heaven. Come and have your way here in this place, in these people, in this time. God, we rise up in the authority that you have given us in your son and we say tear down every stronghold. Dismantle everything that sets itself up against you. Reveal the truth of every shiny thing that promises something that only you can deliver. God, I pray that this generation on the earth today would be set free from the bondage of pornography, of exploitation of any kind, of trying to satisfy our hunger with things that are destructive and are not of you, the things that lead only to death. But would you shine a light on the things that are wooing our young people away, the things that are making promises to our young ones. God, they've been duped. Show them you. Show them life and freedom. Yeah, we're asking that you would shut down every media outlet that exploits people in any way. We say no more to sexual exploitation. No more. Close it all down and go after your kids. Come into our schools. Spring revival up at every campus across this city. And where they're wading through layer upon layer of garbage, would you come with your living water and let the river run through the halls of every school, of every workplace, of every church in this city? We are asking you to come. you that you are the extravagant, generous God. Thank you that you will stop at nothing. Thank you that nothing is too hard for you. We trust you. We trust you to come. So I pray that you would stir faith right now in this room. Stir our hope. 
let it rise up and we remember all that you've done. Thank you for bringing us to life. Thank you for saving my son. And I am asking you to do it again for everyone in this room who wrote a name on their paper. Bring them to life and bring them home. Run after them, Father. Open their eyes to see you and give them strength to just take the one step to get into your arms. Thank you that you love us so generously. We worship you, Jesus.